Hi, it's Brooke DeVard, host of Naked Beauty. Are you tired of feeling housebound? Break free with the new Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Conair and get the curls you crave with no cord to hold you back. With the Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Conair, you'll experience the power and freedom of beauty in motion. Just set your hair in the curl chamber and watch as perfect curls or waves come out. Get inspired with a whole line of Unbound Cordless Styling tools. Learn more at conair.com and search Unbound. The Way Up North podcast is supported by Wooden Banana. Wooden Banana has delivered personalized wooden packaging for photographers since 2014 and has since connected with thousands of photographers from around the world. Their handmade wooden products range from CD and print boxes through to custom USBs all individually engraved with your branding, giving your client delivery the love it deserves no matter where you are in the world. Wooden Banana has partnered with Way Up North for three events in a row and is offering a 10% discount on all their products using the purchasing code 110. So give them a look at woodenbanana.com or follow their store and Instagram via the hashtag woodenbanana. Ben Heish is on the Way Up North podcast today, and in this conversation with host Jenny Hamar, he lays it all out. Fatherhood, marketing, photography, and life in general. They hit on all the topics you'd hope to hit on in order to get to know somebody way better. My name is Cole Roberts, and I co-founded Way Up North with Jakob Granqvist. We started this podcast to complement the event with an audible insight into the lives of the presenters. So with that goal in mind, Benj's conversation feels like it hits the mark. The general feel I was left with after his talk is Benj is completely transparent with everything he loves in life, and people who love similar things naturally gravitate his way. Benj loves hiking. Couples love hiking. Benj photographs couples while hiking. Easy, right? Anyways, let's get into it. This hour-long chat was recorded in June 2016. All right, Benj. <laughs> nice to see you. Yeah, you too. <laughs> you had to get up really early in the morning to talk with me. I'm sorry about that. No, it's okay. Um, my newborn woke me up at like 4.30 anyway. So I've been up for a little while now. <laughs> Who is this newborn you speak of? Tell me about Well, her. so yeah, I guess he's not a newborn anymore. He's an infant technically, oh, right? Okay. So he's um, like two and a half months old. Okay. Um, his name is Oslo. And uh Yeah. Oslo, as Super in fun. the city? As in the city, yeah. So um, we were just looking for like fun names. Um, my family and my wife's family, part, part of them are originally from Norway. And um, my mother-in-law kind of suggested it. And so we call him Ozzy. And uh, oh, yeah. So cute. Kind of fun. And we, I, I was researching too because um, the problem is like everyone in America is trying to like come up with these like really unique, crazy names and stuff like that. But most yeah. of them are a little bit too crazy. Um, but we did. What I did find is interesting is like um, America keeps records of how many times you know every name comes up and everything like that. And so there are anywhere from zero to three 
people in America born with the name Oslo every year. <laughs> oh my God. So you're so, like, what, who are these Barely people? anybody. <laughs> That's like, I know, no, exactly. Yeah. Pretty random. So what were some of the other names that were on your maybe list? I mean, oh my. Like, like what's the craziest one you were like, let's call him like 50 Cent or what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're not that crazy. Um, well, because so the thing is, like, we ha- we had like girl names picked out, no problem. But boy names, we had such an issue with because um, like half my fam, my wife's family is from um, England, and so she had all these like kind of like proper British names, but it just didn't like really fit for a boy for some reason. Yeah. Um, but the name that we were gonna go with if we had a girl was gonna be my great grandmother's name, which was Solvay. Uh, which is like a Norwegian name. So, yeah, and Swedish. Um, I mean, we have it here too. Yeah, Sule, sure. yeah. Yeah, so that was going to be our, our girl's name, but we ended up having a boy, and after like months and months and months of trying to figure out a name, we came up with that one, and yeah, it worked out. <laughs> so you guys kind of identify with the Scandinavian roots then. I mean, if you're yeah, doing Solvay like, I mean, in Oslo. Sure, yeah. I mean, like, I'm I'm assuming Oslo is not like a name that anybody picks in no. <laughs> Scandinavia as an actual <laughs> name, but... Um, yeah, like I grew up, I grew up, my, my grandmother is like full Norwegian, still speaks Norwegian. Um, and my mom grew up very like in that culture, um, in America clearly, but, um, in the Pacific Northwest, there's a huge like population of of Norwegian people. Um, and it kind of makes sense too. Like, you know, my, my grandfather was a fisherman in Norway up in like Lofoten, that area. Um, and then they moved out here and then there's still like a lot of commercial fishing and stuff like that, um, over here in the Pacific Northwest. So a lot of those kind of things, even like climates and everything like that kind of transfer over to Seattle pretty well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like I grew up like going to Norwegian Christmas things and wearing Norwegian sweaters and (laughs) doing the whole nine yards. Like I, I was in like a, a Norwegian like choir when I was a kid. Oh my God. Yeah. And the traditional, yeah, kinda, did you do the like traditional uh, folk dancing and all that stuff? Yeah, all <laughs> yeah, that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, like, because America is made up of, you know, immigrants for yeah. the most part. Um, so, you know, every every little immigrant culture has their own subculture and, um, you know, everyone tries to stick to their roots and find some of the people, at least for, you know, my grandparents and stuff, finding people that still spoke Norwegian and right. um, were able to keep kind of some of that culture from their homeland. That's so that's so cool. And I find that a lot of we have some TV shows here in Sweden about like Swedes. It comes actually from a Norwegian concept, but where Swedes, um, American Swedes, you know, come to Sweden to find their roots. And it's like so interesting. You can I mean, it's actually really I cry at every episode because they're so in search of like you know, kind of meaning to why they are the way they are or where do I come sure. from? And just when they stand in a place where maybe their great, great grandfather or grandmother, I mean, they get so emotional and it's something yeah. I think we maybe take for granted, just kind of knowing that this is the country that I come from. And I think Americans kind of lack that a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. What's funny too is like, we're actually not funny, but interesting about that is that's like exactly what we're doing. So I'm speaking at way up North, um, and then right after that, I'm going to meet my family and my parents and my wife is coming over and bringing our, our baby and hopefully my grandma's coming. But we're going to go and like actually stay in the house she grew up in, um, wow. up in northern Norway and all that stuff. So we're like doing that exact thing. And I've actually never been to Norway before. Um, and so to hear and like to have heard about all these places my entire life and about this culture and stuff like that. Um, and now we're finally going to actually go 
experience it and see like all these places we've heard about our whole lives. So yeah. Oh my God. That's so exciting. So wait, so you yeah. said you and your wife, but then your grandmother. So it'll be like your side of the family, but you're both, yeah, both yeah. have Norwegian mm-hmm. heritage. Yeah. So my wife's father's side has like Norwegian, her, her grandmother on her father's side uh-huh. um, is full Norwegian too, which is kind of random, but Okay, but it's your side that you're kind of investigating in Bergen. Yeah, totally. Wow, that's so exciting. Well, that that have you seen this show that's called like No. uh, Okay, you you can you can probably find it the Norwegian version because it's in. I mean, it's the shows are in English because it's all Americans who go to Norway or Sweden and look up you know and find out about their family tree and stuff and crazy. (laughs) You should apply for that show. Yeah, maybe I should get this whole thing paid for. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. They're probably filming it like next week. Like, go do it. Um, oh, man. That's, that's awesome. awesome. So, do you consider yourself like when people ask, like, what are you? You say I'm Norwegian and. No, I mean, we kind of like joke around that most Americans are just kind of mutts. I don't know if that's like a good phrase that translates over to you guys, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, like. Blanc, I mean, no. if, you, if you go to like ancestry.com or something like that, I'm sure I'm like. A zillion parts just like North European ish yeah. somewhere there. Like, and then most people in America try to claim that they have some sort of Native American in them or something. But, you know, at this point, like, I have no idea what my actual ancestry and history is other than like, you know, three generations ago. Um, but just kind of knowing, like, is your name like a little, is it your name German or was I'm trying to figure out Ben Scheich? Where does yeah. that come from? Yeah, so I mean, it's 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 German, um, but like, I don't know. We don't like identify with the German culture or anything. I don't even know how that like slipped in there. I'm sure like <laughs> my aunt, who's really into ancestry, would have say that like we came from Russia and ended up in Germany and all this blah 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 yeah, blah. But yeah, yeah. I I only like really pay attention to our ancestry as far as like the people I know and have met in my life. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's what's, I mean, obviously what's important, but just curious. How, how, I mean, yeah. and speaking of that, I mean, how do you think now that you have created another generation, like how do you yeah. look upon, does that make you, I mean, like you just said, it's some of it's irrelevant, but how has that kind of changed your, your life so far? two and a half months in. <laughs> well, I mean, so we had him like right at the beginning of what is like hard wedding season here. So like kind of bad timing, but, um, <laughs> but it is your first yeah, child, I mean, right? I mean, yeah. So yeah. it's our first. Yeah. And so like, I mean, anybody that's a parent, I'm sure knows that like, there's just like a crazy like mind shift and life shift that happens where just everything that you, thought you knew about your schedule and your priorities or anything like that just has to adapt and has to change. And, um, yeah, so it's been, it's been different. And like my, my year is like shaping up different, even as far as like, like my schedule goes, because as soon as we found out we were pregnant, normally I travel a ton. Um, but I was like, I just don't want to miss out on the first few months of his life. So, um, most of the travel gigs that I booked unless, or not booked, but the weddings that I booked, unless, you know, I was able to bring my wife and child. Like I just decided I'm not going to do it other than the ones I already had. Okay. Um, but it definitely has been, so I've been home more, which has been awesome. Um, but it also has been just like a big mental shift as far as going, okay, like it was me and my wife, we were kind of free and we were able to do a lot of things. <laughs> um, but now we have a, a child and that means so many different things as far as like, okay, is this a life I want to lead? 
And is this kind of like, you know, my, my, I feel like my goals and aspirations have changed a little bit from being a lot more selfish to being a little less selfish maybe <laughs> and trying to think more of like a family unit and less as just like what I personally can achieve and stuff like that. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, no, it, to- it totally makes sense. I mean, I think, and uh, you'll probably discover that it'll continue to change, but it's just interesting because yeah. just this being so fresh, like what, cause yeah. I bet it's like, you're still not even used to, you know, less sleep and this little, like <laughs> this little person who's like laying there, like completely helpless. It's kind of big, yeah. big deal. Oh, for sure. Well, and like, yeah, I think for a while my body was just kind of like running on adrenaline. Um, I think as far as like not getting any sleep and now my body's just realizing, okay, this is the new norm. (laughs) You just have to cope with it. Um, Because I was just thinking like I had to go like move my car because we live in Seattle and you have to move your car every once in a while if you're not in the right spot. And I was like, I got four hours of sleep last night. Now I have to do this podcast and... I hope I don't come across like a crazy person because I've had no sleep. And <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay. It's just like, that's just, it just is what it is now, right? It is so. what it is. So it's not like tomorrow's <laughs> going to be better. So there's no point in like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just wait like five years and maybe. So awesome. So, um, so you said you're in Seattle, which is gorgeous, by the way. I've been there and yeah. it's just such a beautiful place. Are you from there originally, like forever and ever or? Yeah. So, um, I grew up like half an hour South of Seattle and just have been here my entire life. Um, and the thing was like, I never thought it was that cool or anything like that. Like, you know, I, and when I was in high school, everyone wanted to like move to California and like go all these places and, um, kind of like ditch Seattle And, and Seattle is like kind of a small town for being like a large city, if that makes any sense. And, uh, it wasn't until I started traveling and going to other parts of the country and other parts of the world where, I would come home and then be like, why am I, why am I like, why did I fly somewhere else to go shoot in a different location when like my backyard literally and the places that I grew up going and grew up skiing and, um, just like are those places are just as magnificent as if not more so than these other places that I'm like traveling really far to go to and go photograph and stuff like that. And so I've since in the past, probably like less than five years really come to like really, really love Seattle um, and it's, it's one of those places where like, I don't know if I could end up moving somewhere else. And if I did, I feel like I would probably end up wanting to come back here. Really? Okay. That's yeah. Well, I yeah. guess you don't know when you grow up, you just assume that, well, this is what it looks this like is what everywhere. Everyone does. Yeah. You don't really, you don't care as a kid. I mean, what kid is like, wow, oh, totally. this is gorgeous here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, especially if you don't have the perspective, you don't appreciate it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I there was just one, one day specifically where I was driving home from my studio and it was like right at golden hour, perfect light. And we have Mount Rainier, this like big mountain that just like juts out of nowhere. Um, and I was just looking at it going, what the heck? Like no other, I was just in like the middle of in the Midwest in America where everything's just completely flat. Yeah. And I came back and just like, why am I leaving here to go other places when I can shoot this stuff in my backyard? And it's just something that like my parents always loved. Yeah. But I, I never really appreciated the fact that we have just like these giant mountains and rivers and trees and everything everywhere. Yeah. It was just something I completely took for granted. So do you spend a lot of time like outdoors or what do you, what do, you do like on your free time? <laughs> 
Uh, well, lately I'm like, what is free time? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, so what, I, what I did realized you do though, before? I, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I kind of realized that, um, especially during the summer, like you honestly don't really have that much free time. Yeah. And so I tried to start doing, making my work more of things that I would want to do in my free time. So I realized that I, I really want to go hiking and I really want to explore new places and see all the stuff that I would normally do if I didn't work all summer long. Um, and so I started trying to market myself into going to weddings that I would want to go to and shooting in locations that I would want to go hike at and stuff like that. Um, oh. and so I actually honestly don't get to go like just hiking on my own very often, um, or do anything that's just like completely, you know, Hey, take a day off and go hiking. But, um, I <laughs> often convince people to go hiking with me and pay me to do it instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, or you're like scouting locations or. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I like, I'll, I'll Google map a location or like stalk it on Instagram or something like that. And then like every client wants to get something unique for the most part. And so I'm like, well, I've never been here, but it looks amazing. Like, let's go try it. So um, wait, 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 back up. So, you said you Google map. What, what do you mean? You, you, you have a couple that you want to shoot and then hmm. you like, tell me what do you, what do you mean? You Google map like a, a hilltop yeah. or what, or like a city? What kind of place? Yeah. So I mean like, so like Seattle's pretty like known for like being a lot of, having a lot of hiking and things like that. And so, um, kind of what I do is like, there's a website that's just like called the Washington trail association. And so I just go on there, try to find a hike that looks like it'd be doable with a couple. And then, um, I like image stock that on either like Google images or on Instagram or something like that and see if it like looks like the end result would be something beautiful too. Um, and then normally I've never done it, but I just kind of like screenshot some things, send it to some clients and go, this looks like it would be good. Um, and then use Google maps and whatever to try to like, yeah, just kind of like, like scout from yeah. afar. Yeah. Find some new places and stuff like that. Um, cause that's the thing. Like there's so many photographers around in Seattle and then people come here as a destination too. And so, you know, once you've shot a location, then it's kind of like up for grabs for everybody and then everyone wants a new location. And so if yeah. you want to like really work hard, you got to kind of be on the forefront of all that stuff. So will a bride and groom on their wedding day go with you to a brand new location like that? Would you do that? Or is this more like elopement? I mean, engagement session, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you see, it's usually not like a full wedding, but a lot of elopements will do that. Yeah. Um, I'll just go, Hey, this, this looks cool. Here's, here's some options. Like if you want to do something that's new or that I haven't done and I haven't seen anybody else do yet, um, you know, here's, here's some options. We could try it out. Um, I did one maybe like a month and a half ago and we ended up, you know, driving into the middle of the forest with no service, like no cell reception. And, uh, my assistant and I missed the turnoff for the place and then Google maps tried to reroute us. So we ended up taking a forest service road, like, and it, and it ended up being like, we drove like over an hour down this forest service road down this brush. My car's getting like scratched up to create like, and Essentially, we drove all the way to almost the spot, found out the road had been washed out and had to turn around and go back like two hours, almost like oh, no. round trip. Um, but it ended up being awesome because then we just hiked at twilight and ended up getting there like right at sunset. And with the yeah, couple, so though, you were just with, part of the adventure. <laughs> you were with a couple you were going to shoot. Yep. On their wedding day. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait. How just, like, was but, two like, extra they, hours? Like they know that that's like that's to be expected. So like I was apologizing profusely going, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Cause like we sort of led them into this yeah. spot. I think they were from 
Florida or something. Like they're from nowhere, even near us and just kind of trusted me to find a spot. Um, and then clearly I took them completely out of the way. Um, but like, they were just like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is part of the deal. Right. Cause like it's who else has adventure. that story on their wedding day? Yeah, yeah, no, they went two true. hours out of the way. Um, and then and got to see something literally no one else will see on their wedding day. Right. <laughs> and then you got a shot that they love that made up for the whole, I mean, that made it like worth it. Oh, totally. Well, and that, that's the thing is like, if I don't miss the, the spots, like it's kind of, it feels like you're just cheating because we're like hiking to these like fire lookouts and these literal mountaintops where we see all the surrounding mountains and, um, they, they, we ended up hiking to this ridge where it was just like a sheer cliff, like hundreds of feet down and they're just right on the edge and it was right at sunset. And like, I mean, it was pretty incredible just being there, like witnessing it. And so it was one of those things where like I could have shot that on an iPhone and anybody could have photographed it and it would have looked amazing. Well, I got um, that, but okay. <laughs> no, it would have. My your, mom could have come up and Your photos are like it. out of this world. Yeah. I was looking at your website like, uh, this is not real. Like I almost, I feel embarrassed saying this, but I was like almost annoyed. I was annoyed. I was like, okay, <laughs> like seriously, come on. This is not, it feels like you just grabbed some stuff together, you pulled together for, and I was like, Every shot is like so amazing. I was like getting <laughs> irritated. Now I'm not irritated anymore because you're like a really nice guy. But like when I saw your website as a photographer, I was like, God yeah. damn it, how does he do it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember I remember thinking that uh, like I don't know. I, I just remember when I was first starting out and like I didn't have pretty venues and I didn't have like all these amazing spots to photograph. I remember seeing people's work that like they would shoot in these amazing locations. And I remember just like every time I would look at one of Jonas Peterson's blog posts or something like that, I'd just be like cursing in my head. Like, well, yeah, if I was shooting this wedding in Spain or like all these like incredible locations, like I'm sure my work would look good too. But you Um, know, it's not even just that. Like, to be honest, I know that the location does not, you can give, give someone a camera in a beautiful spot. They will take a shitty photo. Like it's not, it's not just the location, (laughs) but obviously that helps. I mean, yeah, you know, the grandness absolutely. of it, but I mean, it's not, it's not just that. God damn it. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely a, I feel like, I feel like it's a big part of it. And so sometimes I can like downplay my work and go like, well, I mean, I'm kind of just cheating by like forcing couples to go to these amazing locations. But like I said, like, it's just, I, we spend so much time, at least I do as a photographer, like being part of other people's days and like mm-hmm. not being able to focus on the things that I would love to do too. And so it's kind of a a good way for me to like do good work, hopefully. And then also go experience things that I'd want to be experiencing during the summer here in, in Washington anyway. Um, so being able to like do these new hikes and do these things that I want to do in my free time anyway, like kind of ends up being a really good kind of balance for me. Well, and it sounds like the actual hike or adventure there probably adds to the couple's like kind of faith in your, what you're doing and your like vision. And I mean, I, I'm realizing now as you describe it, that it's probably, <laughs> that's a, a part of it. It's not just, okay, let's helicopter into this yeah, yeah. place. The actual journey there sounds like it's important just to kind of totally for the, cause they're relaxed. They're having an adventure. They have, they're building a story. Like you said, like mm-hmm. of this crazy hike and we're in our, you know, gown and all that stuff. Do you think, how, yeah. do you think that's an important part of it or how do you think that's like, yeah, the- I think like, well, cause I know like, I, I mean, 
what, what's kind of been cool is like a lot of my couples, mainly the brides have been almost like blogging their wedding because they're, or the, these elopements at least weddings are a little bit different, but, um, for a lot of these elopements, it's only me and maybe a video person and like, usually that's it. And so it's usually just like the couple and then me. Yeah. Um, and so it's the only way that everyone else is going to be able to experience their wedding day with them essentially is like through the photos. And so I'm always like trying to shoot. Like I remember the two days ago, this bride posted a photo of her, like having to climb over this tree that had fallen over, you know, in the forest and stuff like that. And there's like snow on the ground and all sorts of stuff. And it was just one of those things where like, everyone that was commenting on this photo was like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? Like, why would you do that? Your dress is all dirty. Like, you know, you're climbing over this tree in the forest. Like what, what's your deal kind of thing. And for me, it's like, that's like, she loved to be able to post that photo because people thought she was ridiculous. But like most of my clients there, that's just what they really love to do is like get out and adventure. And, um, so a lot of my stuff is really purposeful. Like I'll post photos like that and I'll post photos of people with their dresses really dirty and stuff like that, because like, that's what you need to expect if you're going to hire me. Because um, what you're trying to do then, and sorry if I'm putting words in your mouth, you're trying to like get that right kind of bride and groom, the ones that are going to be game for anything and the ones that think it's cool to like mm-hmm. trash their dresses yeah. or, you know, like, or is sure. it, so it's, Totally. Yeah, because I, I, I just think it's like a different kind of person. It, a different kind of person isn't going to care if their wedding dress gets dirty, you know? And like, and that's the other thing is like, I don't, I don't want to shoot like 40 weddings a year where it's just like high stress, lots of planners and all this kind of stuff. Like most of the weddings I shoot, even the full weddings are just kind of like pretty DIY, like do it yourself. Like a lot of them don't have planners, like a lot of it's most of the budget spent on photography or at least half of it. And everything's like really low key. And so, you know, I just find that I work really good in an environment that doesn't have like a crazy amount of stress. Um, I can do the other ones for sure. And I have and always do, but, um, kind of the more I push into that kind of realm of just finding people that are more laid back, more relaxed and like people that are going to go out and get married in the middle of the wilderness are probably not going to be as high stress and all that stuff as people are going to get married in the city and venues and all that stuff anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, like I'm trying to, I try to be really intentional about showing those kind of things so that, and like even putting stuff like that in my pricing guides and things like that, like your dress is probably going to get dirty. I hope you're okay with that. Like those are, I, I, I write that kind of stuff because I want people to go, Oh my gosh, my dress is going to get dirty. Uh, I don't want to hire this guy, you know, or all my dress is going to get dirty. Oh, it's probably, it'd probably be worth it though. His photos look really good. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, I would do it. I don't really that, care. I'm yeah. not going to wear it again. Right. That's, yeah. yeah, that's so cool. And do you think, where do you think you get the clients? Do you think they come from like, like, Oh, I, as soon as they contact me, like I'm going to book them or is it through like the meeting or what, what do you think is what makes them book you? Um, I just think like, I, I mean, I couldn't tell you for sure. I know that like Instagram has been really big for me because it's just kind of like a one piece of your portfolio every day that you can throw out there and get some sort of, you know, deeper, I don't know, relationship with people by putting out there exactly what you want to book and stuff like that. But um, most of the people that book me, I, maybe half aren't even from the area and they're flying in because Seattle has been sort of become a destination Um, and so I don't really know like what exactly makes it, but 
I feel like I tried to just put exactly what I want out there in clients. And then I feel like a lot of it, you know, a lot of it like ends up being people that look at my work and go, this is exactly like, this is really refreshing. This is what I feel like I want to do. And a lot of it too is like the wedding industry ends up being very like, okay, you're going to like spend X amount of dollars on flowers, X amount of dollars on cake, X amount of dollars on this. Like, it's just like very like, this is exactly what you're supposed to do. Um, and I, a lot of my clients end up looking at my stuff and going like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know I could have a wedding like that. Or, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that like, yeah, I could elope instead. and I didn't have to stand in front of 300 people. Or I didn't know, like, I never thought about the fact that like, my wedding could just be more like a backyard barbecue where all my friends are there hanging out, drinking beer and playing games and having fun. I kind of thought I had to wear like a really poofy dress in a ballroom and serve catered food that is really expensive and spend $7,000 on a cake, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Which is so cool. I mean, so there you're showing stuff that's also an inspiration, like a wedding blog kind of. Yeah. It's not just your work, but you're also like creating probably new customers that probably would have done a cake, a cook, what do you call it? A, um, cookie cutter wedding where yeah. they're just mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do. And then instead they're like, Oh my God, let's just do it. Yeah. Elope. I mean, totally. there's nothing worse than and the bride and groom that like hate to be the center of attention. And then they're doing like a wedding where that's exactly it's horrible. Yeah. What, what, what ends up being really cool is like sometimes they'll have like a really small, like, what I call like an intimate wedding. So it's like maybe like 15 to 20 people or something like that instead. So it's kind of like, it's not an elopement because it's not just the two of them, but you know, they're just bringing like really immediate family and close friends. And then a lot of them I end up suggesting because it's just new to people. Like it's not part of like American wedding culture. I just say like, Hey, why don't you just like rent out your favorite bar or rent out your favorite restaurant or have a big house party somewhere or like go to a park and like have a reception for yourself, like throw a rad party and like make that be the way that all of your other friends and family can come celebrate your marriage with you. And so like that, because a lot of people, you know, end up getting like, that's the only thing I run into with couples is that they get really like some family members get like really offended that they're not invited to the wedding. And so, and a lot of it, ends up sometimes it's selfish, but sometimes it's just like, they really just want to celebrate that with you and be part of that. And so, yeah, yeah. A lot of times, like I just try to kind of suggest like, why don't you have like a big party afterwards and just throw a rad right. party and like, Oh, for the ones because, that are not invited, like, right. For the ones that weren't able to come. Right. And so I feel like that's been like a good, happy medium for a lot of people because like, I don't know about you, but when I go to a wedding, especially if it's like, I don't really care that much about the ceremony part of it. I just want to like celebrate a, right. like the the fact that these two friends of mine got married, right? Right. And so if you can still accomplish both those things without having to like, yeah, you know, be really nervous and do all this stuff like formally in front of everybody, I think it ends up being a kind of a fun, happy medium for some people, right? And encourage them to do it their way, which is like sounds like a no brainer, yeah. but so many. I mean, it's one of those traditional things where people are like, "Oh my god, my mom would kill me if I didn't invite all of her." friends, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, yeah. Well, and weddings end up at least in American culture, I'm sure, um, most places as well. Like there's just some things that like, especially girls and stuff like that, like end up, well, I mean, I thought about it when I was a kid too, but like you think about your wedding most of your life in, in some terms. And so like, even I, like 
before I got married, had some sort of idea of what my wedding would be like someday. Right. Yeah. And so it's, that's just hard to break from some people, even though like they ultimately might want to do something different, but they right. have a preconceived notion of what their, right. what a wedding, their wedding would look like. And so yeah, sometimes yeah. those melt together in weird ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that that I'm sure happens everywhere for sure. Um, you mentioned that Instagram was like a big part of how you reached out to people. And I know that um, Cole had mentioned to me that you had said that your goal was to get 10,000 followers. I'm laughing because <laughs> you have a few more now. Um, yeah. That like, tell me about that process about saying that and what happened next. Um, I mean, so, I mean, it was like, gosh, three and a half years ago, probably. I just felt like not a lot of people were using Instagram. Like photographers weren't because, I don't think, I don't think at the time you were able to upload like actual DSLR photos. Right. Um, and so a, a friend of mine who like is not a wedding photographer, but he's just like in media in general was like, Benjamin, Brent, you're, you're blowing it by not being on Instagram. Like you should really get your, get your act together. And I was like, man, like my stuff, it doesn't look like that's not what my work is. It just looks stupid. Like these Instagram filters are terrible. Like it's just not. And like, I don't want to be like taking out my iPhone to like take photos at a wedding when like I have thousands of dollars of equipment on me. Like, why would I do that? <laughs> He's just like, dude, it's the, it's the next thing. Like you got to do it. Like regardless of how your photos look in comparison. Um, and so, especially when like disco cam came out, my stuff was able to look a little bit more similar, but um, yeah, a few years ago I was just like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm like, I think this is going to be easy. It's just like a, my phone's in my pocket. I can use it. So a few years ago, I just decided I'm going to post like at least one photo every day and like, just kind of like try to be a wedding photographer that like actually posts stuff on Instagram. Um, and so that year, like three, three plus years ago, I ended up booking a wedding or an elopement for a girl that had 150,000 followers, um, <laughs> at the time, which was like a ton. It still is a ton. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the time, especially it was a ton. And so, um, I think by that time in a few months, I had gained like 2000 followers or something and was like, okay, cool. Like, I don't know, really know what this means, but I'll kind of go for it. Um, and then I photographed her wedding and then made sure to like kind of take some iPhone photos during it. Um, and I think I gained like maybe 3000 followers from wow. her. Um, and then at that point I think is when I was probably like, okay, I'm going to just make, gonna make it a goal. Like I'm like halfway there. Maybe I can get to 10,000 by the end of the year. Right. Um, and I just realized like, it's not, it's, it's stupid, but instant gratification is what like everyone's all about now. Like they want to see everything now. They don't want to wait six weeks for their wedding photos. They want to see something right away. Yeah. Um, and so I just always made it a point for like the big, bigger parts of the day, at least to, um, you know, all the part are the parts that like, we as wedding photographers have access to that no one else has access to. Right. So like taking a good, like wide photo during the ceremony, taking one during portraits. So I was always trying to take like at least one photo that I could post on my own Instagram and then a few more, um, that like I could send to the couple and they would have something to like, kind of tide them over. Um, and just by being, I feel like by being really consistent and stuff like that, I just kind of like started growing a following and, um, especially with, with most social medias, I feel like once you kind of start getting that ball rolling, yeah. um, once it's rolling, it keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. So, so would you ask people to like 
tag you, obviously, that kind of stuff to get that many followers? Or what was the process to get? How many followers do you have now? Um, 210,000, I think. Wow. Um, but like, I mean, so a friend of mine, uh, he, he, he kind of talks about it as playing the game. So I was just like, all right, well, I'm just going to think of this as a game. So like, how, how would you beat this game? Like, okay. So you got to like figure out, you don't want to like spam people. You don't want to be like overly intense about things. You don't want to be like in your face and being annoying but like, I'm not going to post like 18,000 hashtags and post like 17 times a day and tag all these blogs and stuff like that. But I'm just going to be really intentional and, and post like a few things and post a few hashtags and just try to be really good about tagging clients and um, about like reciprocating with vendors. And so um, most vendors that I come across now like don't have nearly like the following that I do because they're not as consistent as I am and they don't have as much content as I do. And so like every wedding I try to post, um, a photo and like tag all the vendors. So tag the venue and tag the florist and tag the makeup artist and the planner and all that stuff. And by doing that, I end up getting those people reposting my work. And then like, so a lot of times I'll post one photo from a wedding and it gets reposted like seven times by like most every, every other vendor. And so I feel like anytime I can get my work out there, you know, it's going to be helpful. Um, and especially like, you know, as soon as when I get something that, like, Oh my gosh, I was tagged in this. Like, of course I'm going to look at it. And so all these other vendors are seeing that and going, Oh, like who this guy tagging us in a photo. Oh, he was like the photographer for this wedding. Cool. Like really excited about that. We can repost that because everyone's looking for quality content. And so right. being the photographers, we are like, it's really easy to get people contents and especially even Instagram photos, um, you know, iPhone photos, people are more than happy to repost those. And, but now you, but now you're and you're putting your your full format stuff into Instagram, or are you still iPhoning it? Yeah, so I'm, I'm doing like I mean every format that I shoot in, like okay. usually. So day of day of a wedding, like I'm always posting an, uh, an iPhone photo, um, and then if I take a couple other ones that I really like better, or I haven't gotten to the other ones yet, or whatever. Cause so I'll post iPhone photos, I'll post film scans, I'll post DSLR work, I'll post rangefinder stuff. They just I feel like I feel like with the editing capabilities that there are in the iPhone now, you can make most things look fairly consistent. Um, and people aren't looking for like incredible quality on their phone because right. I mean this thing's only yeah. like two inches wide, maybe. And so, yeah. like when you post something from an iPhone versus DSLR, like most of the time, the vast majority of people have no idea that. You know, it's just with an iPhone. Right. And if they are, if they do see that it's from an iPhone, usually they're like, oh my gosh, like I can never take that good of a photo with a phone, you know? And you're like, no, so you can't. (laughs) (laughs) It takes years of training. It does though. I mean, seriously, it's not, (laughs) again, proof that it's not just like give anyone an iPhone. They're going to take something different. Well, that's really cool. That's super inspiring. I mean, I remember being like, when Instagram came out being like, what, oh, what is this? I don't know. I can't like zoom in. Oh, this is never going to take off. Yeah. Of course. I'm like <laughs> I completely <know>. wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm easy. on it now, but yeah. So, um, what was I going to say? You said film. Are you still shooting film or still, are you shooting film yeah. and, and like mixed stuff for weddings or do you stick to like one method? No, I mean, I'm, 
I'm not like a crazy explorer or anything. I'm not like that creative and not that experimental or anything like that. But I feel like I always want to be doing something that is like pushing me a little bit. So recently I've been shooting like one film camera and one digital camera um, at most weddings. Um, Or I've like a a few recent weddings I've been shooting two film cameras and one digital camera. Um, But that's mainly just because once you shoot like, you know, 40 weddings a year for a few years, like you feel pretty comfortable doing what you're doing. And it's fun to kind of like experiment a little bit, um, as long as you're being safe and, you know, knowing what you're doing. But, um, the other thing is like, you know, I have a a baby and so if I can shoot some stuff on film and just get the scans back and they look better or just as good as my digital stuff, and then I don't have to do as many edits or spend as much time editing, then it kind of frees up a little bit more time. Yeah. Would be the goal, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, <laughs> it does sound kind of not time effective, but yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and do you see like a huge quality? Do you try to make your digital stuff look like film? Like I do? Um, no. So I, <laughs> like I do. Um, no. So, I mean, like I've been using the same preset for like, three or four years now, like, and it it was never to try to make myself, make myself look like film necessarily, but it was try to make my stuff look not digital. Right. Um, that probably doesn't, it probably doesn't make that much sense, but in my mind it does. Um, I'm not trying to like emulate like a film stock exactly or anything like that, but, um, I just never felt like, you know, when I watch movies or when I watched or like saw really photographs that I really loved, it was never what it looked like when it came out of my camera. And so, um, I was always trying to just like find ways to slightly desaturate things. And, um, it ended up being that like the Visco stuff ended up helping me kind of like move in that direction more. Um, but I have found that now that I've shot more film, like my stuff does look like fairly similar, um, to film. And when you talk about Visco, are you talking about the app or do you No, I'm talking like, yeah, so there's both. Like, I mean, I use the app, um, on my iPhone and stuff like that, but it's mainly like I've used the same Visco preset from their Lightroom stuff for three, three years or so. Um, and yeah, it's just one of those things where like I could probably change things and I could probably mess around with stuff, but um, Why I usually don't have that much time to just like <laughs> sit around and like tweak stuff. And yeah. see, I usually have like edits to get out or if I don't have edits to get out, I have to work on a new website or all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah. um, and I realized too, like the subtleties of changing processing between different, like I ended up, this sounds stupid, but I ended up at the preset that I am now at now because of, um, this website called Formspring, And I was telling people I was using some, a specific preset. Um, and they didn't believe me because their work didn't look like mine when they tried to use the same preset. And so I switched presets just to do it, just to like kind of spite some people. And then I kind of ended up liking it a little bit better and just use that one from then on. But, um, I feel like, I feel like even photographers can't really tell that much of a difference when you switch up processing. Um, it's only kind of like you, I, I, I can sh- tell my own work, but I don't know. There's, so, there's so many subtleties that like, unless you were there and you saw the image and how you, I don't know, pre-visualize it and stuff like that. Like, yeah, there's just so many options and you don't have to, I don't know. I don't, obs- I just don't obsess about my processing. I guess that's the you only thing okay. that, well, so does that would <laughs> you show to. like unprocessed work to anyone? Would you do that or to, or even to a client or other people? 
I mean, I, sh- I show like, I show the back of my camera to clients all the time. Yeah. Um, just but to like kind of like file, like a big, just raw file. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd want to do that just because I don't think that the the raw files end up, they're not, they're not what I want my work to look like. Right. right so, right. um, I guess it's just like giving a musician, like just a guitar and just an amp and being like, ha- make your stuff sound like you. It's like, well, I need some pedals and I need to like have the right amp and right, I need yeah. to have like the right gear to make my stuff sound like I would want to sound like it. You can, you know, play the right notes and play it like you would. And it can sound like you a little bit, but it's not your polished stuff. And right, I feel like right. that's kind of the same way with, you know, weddings and stuff like that. Like Definitely. I can take a photo on my phone with no processing or take a photo, whatever. And like, as far as the composition and the lighting and how people are posed and stuff like that, it'll feel like me. Um, but like, it's just not the finished yeah, thing. Right. No, I know. And everybody will understand that. I just, it's like, totally. <laughs> um, but you do play music as well, right? You used a music analogy there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I like, I wish, I wish I played more. Um, but now I, I don't seem to be able to do it as much, nearly as much as I used to. What do you play? Um, so, I mean, I play, I play a lot of instruments like at an okay level enough to like jam with people, but I don't play any instrument like really, really well. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I find myself to be someone that is like a really good bandmate. Um, but never like a really good front man or like a lead guitarist or anything like that. Like I grew, and I, I guess it makes sense too, because I grew up, I started on drums, I moved to bass. Um, and then like, I just like in bands and I used to play at my church. And so whatever instrument needed filling, like we had too many drummers or too many bassists or too many, whatever is like, I would switch over to a different instrument to kind of like fill a gap. Um, and so I slowly learned to like, (laughs) that's incredible. Well, I mean like, (laughs) I mean, it, I didn't just like all of a sudden, like, you know, pick up a new instrument and be like perfect at it or anything like that. But, no. um, a lot of musical concepts, like obviously like work between each other. And like, if you know how to play X amount of chords on guitar, like once you figure out how to play them on like a piano or a keyboard or something like that, like yeah. it can translate, you know, it's just muscle memory as far as like learning to switch chords and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Are you still are you still playing in that church band? No, I mean, so you know, if you're a wedding photographer, your weekends are pretty much gone. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was for a while, and then we just moved to like Seattle proper, like in the city, um, two years ago. And so, um, that church that I was a part of and playing with, you know, down south is just harder to get to now, and the fact that I'm usually gone, yeah. um, most weekends kind of makes that a little too difficult logistically. <laughs> right. Yeah. Weekends are pretty shot. Do you, um, yeah. It, it says on your website that that you are – it doesn't say you're religious. It says something about – that I understood that that was yeah. an important part for of, for you. Sure. Can you tell me a, about that? Yeah. I mean, um, I mean that's pretty like, – a really open-ended question. But I will say like um, – yeah, I guess I, I, I grew up um, going to church and I grew up doing that whole thing and um, kind of just believed – that because that's what I was taught. Right. And like, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't until I was like a teenager and then like kind of right after high school, right. Where everyone kind of like gets out on their own and figures out their own stuff. Um, yeah, like right after high school, like the thing that actually got me into photography was going on. I, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life and I knew, I didn't know what I wanted to do in college and all that stuff. And so 
I decided to go on this like mission trip thing and I went to India for three months oh, wow. um, to kind of go like, I have some, I have time. I don't know what I'm going to do. So like I want I've always wanted to travel. And so I'll do that. Brought like, you know, a crappy point and shoot with me and um, went, but then realized like I both fell in love with photography and realized, okay, like all this stuff that I kind of grew up thinking existed or whatever um, and kind of having people, um, tell me about like all that stuff just became more and more solidified in my mind, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, and so through, through the experiences that I had and then just kind of like getting out of my own and going, okay, this isn't just like what my parents told me. This is like now actually what, you know, I've grown to believe on my own and, and things like have kind of like shifted and things like that since. Um, but anyway, so like all, all getting to like what it says on my website and everything like that, I feel like, um, I'm like, I just try to connect with people, um, in whatever way that I can. Right. And so I, I list off all these different things about myself, but I kind of just wanted to go, okay, this is actually like a really big part of like what I believe and who I am and all that stuff. And so I kind of, I kind of felt like right from the get go that if I wasn't listing that as something that was really important to me, then it would just kind of be being dishonest. Right. It'd be like trying to hide something because, I was worried about like people's perceptions or whatever. Um, and so for me, like it just made sense to like put that kind of stuff out there because that's just a big part of who I am. And like, um, especially when I started, I was still like working at a church part time and I was still for the most part, like playing music on Sundays and, um, all that stuff. And so, especially when I started, like it was just as big a part of, of my life as photography was, um, in terms of my actual time spent. Um, And so, but now like I ended up finding that like, okay, if if that's something that like offends you that much that you don't want to hire me, then that's fine because like, it's such a big part of who I am that like, if that's, if I'm not going to like preach at you or anything like that, it probably won't even come up. But, um, for the people that do end up like believing the same thing that I do or like that resonating with them, it's just a deeper level of trust and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, that I find like kind of like, I didn't mean for it to happen, but it ends up being something that like from even a business perspective, like kind of makes sense for me too. Um, because like people, people want to like find ways to trust and, um, have like deeper loyalty with you, you know, especially for like an intimate moment of their day or moment of their life, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, I've just always kind of realized like, okay, that's a big part of my life. Like, and so I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. And like, if that doesn't flow with people, that's really fine. But yeah. there are going to be people that does flow with, and that does work well with, and that does resonate with. Um, and either way, if that resonates with, with you or not, like, I just want to be kind of like open and go like, this is who I am and yeah, rock and roll. <laughs> well, and like you said, you want to, you want to list things that will make people like remember you and kind of be like, you know, find different, mm-hmm. like, what do you, uh, what's it called? Um, like overlapping kind of interests totally. or things that you can be like, Oh yeah, that guy, you know, did this. And I, that resonates with me, like you said. So I'm curious totally. what, ha- what happened on the India trip that made you, <laughs> you know, that made, that kind of made you choose to believe what, I mean, what changed for you? Sure. I mean, like, I just think that it was, it wasn't just the India trip, but I think it was kind of me starting to question everything and go, okay, like I'm my own person, you know, I'm an, I'm an adult, all this stuff. Right. I mean, an adult when you're 19, it kind of like, I laugh at that now, but, but you um, are. I mean, you are though. just kind of, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. But so I'm trying to think through, I was trying to, I mean, and, and even for the past like 10 years after that, plus now 10 years plus, um, I just been like questioning a lot of stuff and going like, okay, like, do I believe this? And am I doing this just because that's the way I've always done it or because that's the way I want to do things moving forward? Um, and so there's a lot of things where I would just go, okay, like I've always believed this certain thing about God or about life. Why is that necessarily? Is it because of something other people have told me or is it because it's something that actually resonates with me and it's actually something that makes sense in my life, you know? And so a lot of like my, the past even like 10, 12 years has been me just going like, okay, why am I actually doing this? Why am I, why do I believe the things that I believe? Why do I do the things that I do? Um, and it's never, I, it's never something that I've just like always just landed on like solid ground on every single time or anything like that. But, um, and even my views of God and stuff like that, um, for the most part of like stayed pretty solidified, but have moved and changed through life experiences a little bit. And, um, I feel like I've always just been kind of on this journey of trying to figure out like who I am and, uh, what does that mean? And, you know, even, even in business, like, why am I doing the things I'm doing? Like, why am I even a photographer specifically? You know, mainly it was just because I fell into it and haven't <laughs> found a way out, I guess. But, yeah, yeah. um, but same thing with like beliefs and religions like that. Like, you know, I grew up believing a certain thing and those views have shifted a little bit since I was a kid, but, um, you know, some of those things ended up being, you know, solidified and going, okay, yeah, I, I do believe that now. Um, and some of the things that I go, eh, that was, that was more religion than actual belief. I don't really know if like, that's what the Bible teaches necessarily. And, you know, um, but, it's but like, it, so it wasn't specifically like the India trip, but I, I would say that like, that was the first time that I was like, okay, I'm completely on my own. Like, I don't have anybody I even know on this trip with me. Right. It was a, it was a good, like soul searching trip and like, especially India, if anybody's been there, you know, it's just like a vast, crazy land of different cultures and experiences and, and religions, you know, there's like three main religions there for the yeah. most part. And, you know, there's just like crazy new views and culture and tradition and stuff like that there. So it was a really cool, like kind of eye opening trip for me. Oh, that's awesome. So it sounds like that, like church and religion has actually been a huge part of your life. I mean, from growing up too. So yeah, is it something totally. you have to keep fresh that you have to like maintain yeah, I think so. I mean, um, yeah, I feel like you definitely have to like keep that stuff. Yeah. Fresh. I don't know. Like I feel like I've been doing a really bad job with that lately. And so that's why I'm like kind of struggling with this question. Um, just because I end up putting, you know, this job and my not priorities, but I guess my priorities as far as like getting stuff done and we have a newborn. So like, we're not like going to church actively right now just because that's just what it is. But I feel like I do need like daily reminders and like going, okay, like this is what I believe because of these experiences and because of what this says and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's just like a lot of life things that can sway you back and forth. And so, um, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's something, it's not something that like, at least for me personally, it's not something that I could just be like, okay, I believe this once I believe this when I was a kid and it's just going to stay that way all the time. Yeah. I'll it's like, no, I, I want, there. I should be like daily trying to figure out, okay, so I believe this, like, why do I believe it specifically? Like yeah. when it says that Jesus did this, like, do I actually believe that, that happened or not? And 
you know, it says this about like God in the Bible, right? Like, do I believe that because of just some like words on a page or does do my life experiences and things like that and things that I've seen in my life, does that actually resonate with who I think God is and who I think, how I think that relates with me? Have you ever had an experience that was like, that you felt like, oh my God, this is <laughs> just totally beyond a coincidence? Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had a bunch of those. Um, and I, but I'm not like a really like, I, I, I find myself to be like a very like logical person. Um, and I, I'm very, especially with like spiritual things, I'm very skeptical. I'm definitely more skeptical than someone that's like a very like believer type where you're yeah. just like, you know, like anytime someone has like an experience or says something like, my first instinct isn't to believe them. It's to, to question and kind of pick apart like the holes of what they said and kind of go, eh, probably not. not um, right. Which, which like probably isn't like your typical, like what you think of when you think of like a, someone who's like religious or spiritual, you think of probably someone that is like, Oh yeah, really open to everyone's yeah, experiences yeah. and stuff like that. Um, where me, I'm very skeptical. And even of my own experiences where I've had things happen where I'm like, okay, that's, I think that's more than a coincidence. I think there was actually something else at play here. Mm-hmm. Even I go back and doubt those things and go like, maybe there's something else to it. Maybe like that wasn't that. Maybe it was something else. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't point to that many like really specific instances, but there there have been a few that like, I guess stuck out in my head as kind of like sort of confirmation things of going, okay, this actually makes sense for me. Is there anyone you can tell me about? Oh, well, and, and this want? is my brain even, this is my brain even like going against itself, right? Going like, well, you don't want to talk about that because like, you're still doubting if that really happened or not. Like, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe this didn't happen. Maybe, you know? Yeah. And so. You don't, I mean. Yeah, that's, that's just my, my uber skeptical brain of even myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's good. Swedes are skeptics too by nature, so. <laughs> I think that'll be <laughs> that'll be um, understood by many. Um, I, I wrote down a, a term here that I want you to explain to me that I think you might know what it means. And this is kind of a, a not related to religion, actually. Okay, it's lumber sexual. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> what is that? <laughs> um. It's, I don't think uh, Swedes know what that is. Is it even a common term? I don't know. I heard it. And... Yeah, no, it is. It is. Um, it's basically where um, hipsters dress up like they would be out in the forest and like a lumberjack. And so, yeah, it's basically like if you think of lumbersexual, <laughs> I can't believe I just is said it like that a word genre? out loud. <laughs> No, it's basically like most hipsters up in the Northwest. And I'm not saying West you're of, lumbersexual right. or that that. Yeah. Just, it's just. <laughs> That's so funny. I just heard that term uh, and I was like, okay, I need to ask someone who's kind of. Who looks that. maybe like in that genre. <laughs> like, no, it was more like from the that North Pacific region. I understood that yeah, it was yeah. kind of like a trend over there. Like, where yeah, does yeah. the it's sexual just, come in? I mean, I get the lumber with the the outfits in the forest. I think the idea is that like, it's just people wearing like foresty outfits, but really like living in the city and going to bars and 
not having like not never actually like having swung an axe in their life or never actually like gone out into the wilderness before, but they just look like they came from the wilderness, but they have a really pretty man bun and a really, really like well manicured (laughs) beard and they smell of rich mahogany and (laughs) (laughs) you know, like that's like the hipster very like not actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that persona of like a pretty boy that like, tries yeah, to look okay. like they have gone out in the woods all the time like they're but, unkept, really. but they're like perfectly unkept very you, barely yeah exactly are you a hipster um i was I, this is weird i was actually thinking about this last night um <laughs> about how i'm like i'm a very like mainstream hipster like for people who aren't hipsters they look at me and they go like dude that guy's definitely a hipster like all my friends from the suburbs and stuff like that probably think i'm like this weird artist hipster guy but then actual hipsters, like in the neighborhood that I live in, is like really hipster in as far as Seattle goes. Yeah. And so those people are probably like suburban guy. Like this guy is like, you know, Poser. he's too mainstream, right? Like my favorite bands are bands that like hipsters would think, like I was thinking about last night, I was listening to Bon Iver and then I was listening to Death Cab for Cutie, um, which is a Seattle band. But like those bands are like, to most outsiders that like aren't into that kind of genre are yeah. like, Oh, those, yeah, he's a total hipster. He listens to like Bon Iver and Death Guy for Cutie and stuff like that. Yeah. But then actual hipsters are like, Oh, other people have heard of those bands. Yeah. That's no, way, like you're not, not cool. you know, like yeah. exactly. So I was realizing too, and even looking at my work, I felt like my, I feel like my work is very palatable to lots of people. Um, and like, it's just not as, cool or like cool sounds like a dumb word from the nineties. I can't find a better word for it, but it's not as like unique or like really trendy as like some of other people's work. Um, and I was kind of just like coming back from a session last night thinking like, you know, I'm okay with that. Like, (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) you know, it just is what it is. And like, you know, I, I feel like if I was to change my stuff to look more trendy or whatever, like that would only be because I was trying to be more trendy. Um, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like, a yeah. good representation of who I am. So it, it seems to me like you're kind of the person that you see on through your images, kind of like it jives. I mean, is that right? Or are you like a completely different person? Like when you're not, you know, doing a podcast or when you're not working, you you have like completely different attitude or, you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? No, are I mean, you the like, same person that's okay. always, or do you have different personas? No, I mean, I try to be right. Like, I, I, I guess some people might try to put out a different persona, but I definitely try to be. I, I want people to like when they meet me to go, "Oh my gosh!" Like, you are like who you seem like you are online, right? Like, yeah, that would be the goal. I have had a lot of people go, "Man, like you were a lot more friendly than I thought you would be," or you're a lot funnier than I thought you would be or stuff like that. I feel like my perception might be a little bit more cold online than, um, people when they meet me, they usually, their reaction usually is that I'm a little bit warmer than I am really online. Um, but otherwise like most people end up going like, man, you, you seem to be actually like who you are online, which, um, I guess is the goal, right? Like, I don't want to like show up to a wedding or meet someone or whatever and go like, Oh my gosh, that guy was a dick. Like, yeah, well, I I nothing to do with that guy. Like I thought, that I, way. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, um, you know, I thought this guy was this way and he turned out to be totally the opposite. And I'm sure like, you know, maybe some people have that experience with me, but 
Yeah. You know, you can't be all things, all people exactly. Right. Right. No, that's definitely, you just strike me as even through like the way you look and the way your photos mm. are and your, the colors on your website, like it's all kind of branded in a, in a good it's way. It's all, all on brand good. It's so, <laughs> you're like, yeah, it's so mindful of that, but that's, no, that's, that's a really good thing. I think. Cool. Where do you Trying. think you're headed? Like, I mean, you, you, if you would like, want to learn a new skill or, you know, what's, what's like next for you? Cause you've really mastered where you are not to say that you need to, but what, what do you think is going to be your like next big thing? Oh, man, if I, if I knew I, I could start working at it right now, right? Like yeah. if I knew what my next big thing would be, but, um, I don't know. I think the only, the only next big thing really is that like, I finally, after like years and years of waiting to do one, like I did my own workshop, um, and for me, that was like a big, a big deal. Um, even though a lot of people have been doing it for a long time, but, um, I just never wanted to be the person that like just did a workshop for money. Yeah. Um, and so like, definitely I feel like just getting into teaching more, um, has been something that like, I've always felt the prod to do, but been too nervous to get up in front of people. And that's just not my persona is like wanting to, Hey, I'm someone that wants to speak in front of hundreds of people or wants everyone to come to like my thing to learn from me specifically. Um, it's probably like a combination of not wanting to be really prideful and really more so being insecure about all that stuff. But, um, and I'm like ultimately like a really big people pleaser. And so I, I really, I'm, really always nervous about like people having a bad experience as far as like if they paid to like come to something of mine or whatever. Right. Um, so that's like currently on the horizon as far as like stuff that's happening now, now. Um, but I think that's like something that I've been like not struggling with, but going, okay, I have a kid now. Like, am I going to be shooting weddings when I'm 50, 60, you know, is that what I'm going to retire doing? Um, you know, am I going to like, make enough money to like put my kid in college? Like, and is this something that's sustainable long-term are like my knees and joints going to be good at shooting weddings in 30 years, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I'm just doing what I'm doing now and really enjoying it. Um, I do, I do wonder cool. Like, is this whole like outdoor fad going to go away? Like, you know, but, um, I would definitely say I, I feel like I'm still like hustling for jobs, hustling to try to like keep some sort of relevancy. Um, but yeah, on the, on the current horizon, it's just like, just keep doing what I'm doing and I don't have any like crazy aspirations to like own a hotel chain. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That was like, my friend Jeremy just like launched, launched a hotel chain. Uh, so that was like the thing that was in my mind, but I don't have any like big aspirations to do something crazy different or anything like that. Um, yeah. No, I mean, not that you need to, I didn't mean to make it sound, I mean, you're, you have a winning concept for sure. So it's like, but I think like when you have something to work towards, it makes your life feel a little more purposeful. Right. Yeah. Um, and so like my thing is just going, okay, like, I need to just keep making money to pay our rent in Seattle and (laughs) see how, see how things progress. And like, you know, I think figure all that stuff. And right now, obviously (laughs) your focus is on little Ozzy. Yeah. Little guy. What do you think? What do you want him? I mean, what's your, okay. You are a parent now, so you are officially like an expert. 
What's your best parenting oh, yeah. tip? No, I'm just kidding. What's your, oh, um, what, in terms of parenting, what are the things you think about? What, it, I mean, what are the things you want Ozzy to say, like, that you were as a parent or as a father? Yeah, see, and that's hard. And that's the things that, like, I've been thinking a lot about lately, right? Because he, he's just, he's fresh. Like, I, it's been less than a year since we found out that my wife was even pregnant, right? And so, yeah, I think, like, have, like thinking about those things, I feel like my dad was really, you know, was something I, someone I really looked up to growing up and he owned his own business and stuff like that. And so I think some of those things have definitely like poured into my life. Um, and he, and he actually was the best man in my wedding just because like, you know, I had two brothers too. And like, but I remember as a kid, someone had one of our family friends had their dad as their best man. And I was like, man, that's really cool. Like, I think I might do that someday. Um, and so like, I, not that I want to be like the best man in my kid's wedding or anything like that, but I do want to like, you know, show, show Ozzy like the things that I've seen and like be able to travel and, um, show him experiences and cultures and get out of just this small little bubble of, you know, the neighborhood that we might live in or the people he might encounter. And I want to come to be able to like, you know, experience stuff from a young age and, um, yeah, it's the hard thing is like going, man, there's just so many things that go into like raising a kid and like, you know, trying to put like all these, like this morning I, uh, I like I fed him and changed him and stuff like that. And then I had to like go move my car and then get on this podcast and I had to put him down while he was still happy. And I was down here like doing this interview and like looking at my phone, watching him like laughing, like sort of laughing, smiling and like moving around and he was really happy and I was like kind of sad that I was even down here doing this while I could be up there. Like I was going, I wonder if he like is sad that I'm not there. Like I wonder if he's, you yeah. know, all these things. And so like, I'm still in that like super new parent mode. Right. Where it's like, is this, is this currently detrimental to his upbringing? He's going to be in therapy, like in some sort of like, yeah, you know, I know. I'm sure. Hypnosis right? going like <laughs> he was always doing these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean that is that's a thing that I was you know thinking about. Like, am I, do I want to travel as much? Yeah. And you know, do I want to be gone every single weekend? And so, you know, I feel like I'm being more intentional even right now as far as going like okay, unless it's like something that either we like we can go on as a family or like I just don't want to be gone like every single weekend anymore. Right. Um, and so trying to figure out, okay, what does that mean for us now? Like, is that something we can do? Is that something like, you know, I can bring my family on every time or trying to figure out what's a good balance for us. And like, especially when he's older and like knows, you know, dad's gone all the time. Like, I don't want to be that dad that's, you know, like my kid's like, oh, great. Dad's gone again. Like, yeah, we'll go hang at grandparents' house or something like that. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely like starting to shape Big what – even even my business is going to be like moving forward. Yeah, so things are probably going to change a lot for you this year. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> well, they already have. Like, I, I've definitely taken less travel stuff. Usually, yeah. I'm I'm gone for at least like fifteen, ten to fifteen weddings. Oh, and I think I'm only gone for like five. I think so. I've cut out quite a bit and just try to like stay local, just so you know I can be home at the end of the night. Yeah. So is is he going to be in like some kind of daycare or will is your wife's going to stay at home? Are you going to stay at home? Are you going to share some sort of what's the plan for? Yeah, 
I mean, we're trying to figure that out right now, literally. Um, that's been the past like week of us trying to figure out, okay, because my wife is a nurse and she works nights at a children's hospital. Okay. And she works, and with her schedule, she works every other weekend. And so oh. we're trying to figure out, okay, do we have enough, do we have enough family nearby um, that would be able to cover us on those weekends or are we going to have to start getting some sitters or whatever? Yeah. Um, clearly, I, I, ideally, we'd rather have family and people close to us looking after him, but you know, it might be the reality of what it is. And so that's why we're trying to figure out, okay, are we going to still live in the city? Like where we're away from a lot of our family or are we going to move down South where we have more, you know, family care and stuff like that? Like, there's just a lot of things that are really up in the air for us right now. That's cool. Well, awesome. Well, I wish you the best. (laughs) I think, um, I mean, yeah, it's, you're going to, it's a hell of a ride, but it's it's awesome. As you can tell. (laughs) I'm sure it already is. Jeez. (laughs) Oh, it's so nice. Um, it was really nice talking to you. I mean, like, um, yeah. you're obviously going to come and talk about something else exciting at way up north, which will be, <laughs> which will be super cool. But I mean, you're super laid back, and like, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to to meet you in person and to hear what you're going to talk yeah. about. And looking yeah, forward to it. I guess this trip is one possible. of your trips away, but then you're meeting. Then he's he and your wife Maddie are coming afterwards too. So yeah. Yeah, and like we were originally going to have everyone come and um, hang out in Stockholm too, but just it's going to be literally like two weeks after my wife has to go back to work, and so getting any time off for her when she's just getting back was going to be too much. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for for prioritizing that trip at least, so you can come and spread your knowledge. To us. <laughs> gonna try. Gonna try. <laughs> that are not worthy. No, I'm just um, oh awesome. Well, good luck. Go up there and cuddle with Ozzy. And, and yeah. uh, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Absolutely. Thank that you. That was really nice to you. I, th- I feel like I didn't, I didn't really. Was <laughs> <laughs> was as hard hitting as I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> the hard hitting journalism. No, yeah, but I'm um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> No, really nice. Seriously, Ben. Nice. And I look forward to meeting you. I appreciate you being nice today, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) You looked a little bit tired, so I thought I'd... I'd Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck, and I'll see you in October. Yeah, thanks. All right. Awesome. Hi, it's Brooke DeVard, host of Naked Beauty. Are you tired of feeling housebound? Break free with the new Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Con Air and get the curls you crave with no cord to hold you back. With the Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Con Air, you'll experience the power and freedom of beauty in motion. Just set your hair in the curl chamber and watch as perfect curls or waves come out. Get inspired with a whole line of Unbound Cordless Styling Tools. Learn more at conair.com and search Unbound. 